The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Your questions answered all evening long tonight from 10 to 11 p.m., so send them in at 514-800. If you want to text in your questions, you can also call me at 514-790-0800. And also people send me their questions uh, by email as well, Lori at drlaurie.com. so I'm very happy to answer those. Uh, when you send me the emails, just uh, be patient and listen in, and uh, usually I get to uh, the emailed questions at the beginning of every show. All right, uh, what to do, this is a texter at 514-800, what to do if a friend is in a potentially abusive relationship? She tells some of her friends that she has been abused in the past, but to other friends, she changes her story. She complains about him constantly as he breaks plans, yet when he shows up at her house, she cancels her plans with us. To the point her other friend yelled her yelled at her that if she stays with him, good luck. We are tired of hearing the complaints, then being ditched for him when he finally does show up. This is a, a sad situation because I think you probably know deep inside that your friend is also suffering and is unable to separate from this abusive pattern. And it sounds to be like a pattern, which it would be great if she could get some counseling to help her figure out why she's making these choices, but being on the receiving end as her friends, I can totally get how frustrating it is and upsetting it is for you guys and you're feeling kind of helpless, but you could set your own boundaries with this friend by saying, look, this is, uh, if you want to hang out with us, then hang out with us and otherwise we don't want to be left hanging and, and what have you. But on the other hand, you have to have a little bit of compassion for her and letting her know that you are there for her. Because my fear is that if you abandon her, all of her friends abandon her, when she is ready to leave or ready to do something about it, she'll turn around for support and the support won't be there. So as a friend, as hard as it is, you need to support her and, and you can say to her, look, uh, I feel you're in a relationship that is toxic. I see, do you hear yourself? We hear your complaints all the time. Have you looked at why you keep going back, even though you keep complaining to us? Um, maybe you should talk to somebody. So encouraging her to talk to somebody uh, might help. And just letting her know how you feel, period. But still letting her know, look, when you're ready to do something, will be here to uh, to support you because that's what friends do. So try to approach it with compassion, as hard as it is because you're being affected by it and, and you're annoyed, but expect this behavior from her. Don't count on her uh, showing up, for example, and uh, go on about your business with your other friends. And what else can we say? Like... I'd love it to, to hear from others as well who have been faced with this situation. I'm sure, and many of us have, where we are witness to our friends in horrible uh, relationships. And then 
they talk to us about it, they complain, we give them advice, and then we get frustrated because they go back. However, everybody has their own timeline and their own reasons for sticking it out or, or staying longer than they probably know they should have. So we end up kind of being judgmental about that. And we don't know what the person is living on the inside or within those four walls and what their difficulties are in terms of being able to detach uh, from such a toxic uh, relationship. I know I've been in that situation uh, with a friend and I just stuck by and said, okay, when whenever you want to talk, I'm here, but do understand. And I encourage her to get help and she did get help. And eventually, eventually it took years uh, finally uh, left uh, an abusive relationship. So I, I hear you. I really, uh, and I feel for you. 514-800. If you have any other thoughts that you want to add to the comments I just made, I would love to hear them uh, from you. And I know that other people benefit as well from hearing, especially if you've been down that road or you have that experience, then your two cents really do matter. I've got, I got this email and I had to do a little bit of background research. Uh, that's the advantage when I, when I have emails, uh, I, I get a, a tad more time to, uh, just to, to think of responses or to look, look stuff up if need be, especially when it comes to some of the scientific stuff. So here goes. It's, um, did you mention once that women are turned on by smells of women's, uh, of no, turned on by the smell of men's t-shirts without deodorant. I was wondering, was it legit research and was there any cultural and age factor? Uh, so that's a good question. So I did look up the research, um, and there was a study done. It was uh, reported in, in live science actually, uh, but there was a study done uh, to test how women's sexual scent preferences change depending on men's levels of testosterone and cortisol. So what they did was uh, male volunteers were given t-shirts to wear for two consecutive nights and they weren't allowed to use scented soaps. They weren't allowed to use detergents, no drinking, no smoking, no eating garlic, onions, green chili, strong cheeses, and anything pungent to keep it as cottony smelling and fresh smelling as possible. Then female volunteers sniffed the men's t-shirts and rated the pleasantness, sexiness, and intensity of the smells on scales from 1 to 10. Then the women completed a questionnaire about their stage in their menstrual cycles and whether they were using contraceptives. And then the researchers took saliva samples from the men to measure hormone levels of testosterone and cortisol. What they found is that women who were at the most fertile stage of their menstrual cycle preferred the smell of men with higher testosterone. So they uh, rating the, the shirts as the most, the manliest shirts as the most pleasant and sexiest. The women showed no preference for the smells of men with higher cortisol levels. Uh, so it was about the testosterone. Uh, so uh, without taking the women's fertility into account, though, neither hormone had an influence on how attractive the men smelled. So it doesn't actually matter unless the woman is in her uh, fertile period. Uh, but according to other people who weighed in on this, uh, studies in this area are controversial and inconsistent. inconsistent so uh, it's really hard to, to, to tell. Uh, really, if this is in fact uh, true, it has to be replicated multiple times to be able to say affirmatively 
this is uh, this is the case and also to be able to um to identify like to to uh, to be able to just to identify the odor, uh, the molecules, and to figure out. So you have to identify them and then replicate them, and that's what's difficult to do. So that was the research that we were uh, that I had mentioned uh, long long ago. A texter uh, weighs in. Uh, also, she, oh, this is the same texter. Then continuation of the story. Also, she says she's waiting for him to cheat. Meanwhile, she sleeps at different men's houses. Not sure what is happening doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. It looks self-destructive, in fact. So there's something going on with her where she is uh, sabotaging her own happiness and uh, and self-destructing in some way. So I hope uh, that she, your friend gets help really soon to stop this destruction so that, uh, well, you may have to pick up some pieces anyway. And sometimes people have to fall hard before they go actually and and finally get help for themselves. So tell her you notice it and let her know that you're here to support and if she wants your help in, in trying to locate a therapist, that you will help her do that and encourage her to do that. That's always um, a good plan. Uh, coming up, an email. Uh, someone has issues uh, with his girlfriend, which I will try uh, to help out with. And another one about cheating. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now, 514-790-0800. Passion, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Tonight I answer all of your questions about love, sex, and relationships. 514-800 to text in, or you can call in at 514-790-0800. Hi, Dr. Lori. I started a relationship with a girl a few months ago. The whole relationship was great. It was based on confidence and truth. However, as time goes by, the amount of work we have from university increases. She has issues from her childhood that makes her obsessed with uh, studying. She needs to study a lot. Even uh, She would even rather study than be with me. We've talked about it, and she told me not to force her, but she would try to improve. I don't want to force her to stay with me, even though I miss her. I love her. So how could I help her to improve in that aspect of her life, to be less anxious about studying and enjoy her life more? So I really, I do get how much you want to help her get, help her get over her issues. You, you say you love her. That's great. And it's uh, wonderful that you want to be supportive, but she has to be ready to do this on her own time. The only thing you can do is very much what I was telling the other, uh, the texture who wrote in about her friend, uh, you have to show her you love her by supporting her. And if it means supporting her in her studies, then uh, so be it. And yes, it may require a lot of patience on your part. And I don't think in any way you're forcing her to stay with you. I, I, I'm not sure where that comes from. And I'm, I'm pretty sure she would feel torn uh, about uh, succeeding in her studies and spending time with you. If she could do both, she probably would be able or would want to do both. Clearly, education for her seems to be a very important value. So you actually, you need to show her that you too value that. You want to be similar on your values, right? That's uh, so, so valuing hard work and success 
uh, you need to show her that because that's clearly for her. Now, you can suggest that she seeks uh, counseling, especially at the university. Uh, all universities have a health center uh, where they uh, they have therapists on hand. They have uh, all kinds of services offered to university students to help her deal especially with her anxiety. Sometimes it's test anxieties, study anxiety, school anxiety, all of that. So you can lead her to it, but you can't force her to deal with her issues. That's really the bottom line. Support without pushing somebody to deal with their issues because everyone has to deal with their issues on their own time. They have to feel ready uh, to confront that. Uh, Okay, next question. What do I do... And maybe you guys can weigh in as well. Five one four eight hundred. What do I do if I can't dump a girl? I've cheated on her. I've told her many times, but she won't leave. So I feel bad, and I stay for comfort. How do you feel staying there for comfort? You can't possibly feel happy and satisfied. Here you are cheating to sabotage the relationship you're probably doing this purposely to and telling her about it so she will leave you because you don't want to be the one to leave but this is this does not sound from the little bits of information you've given me does not sound like a healthy situation to be in not for her uh or for you very dependent type of relationship this is a relationship based on need rather than want And if you stay for need and just needing the comfort or out of fear, fear of being alone, it's very hard to grow uh, from that. So bite the bullet and say, look, this is not healthy for you or for me. And uh, we've got to to call it quits. So this is what you want to do. You're going to have to find the courage to do it and live with the consequences of that, but you're not responsible for how uh, a partner you break up with is going to handle it. She's responsible for her emotions and she's responsible to find the support she needs and the help that she needs. Because right now it sounds like you're uh, kind of held hostage in, in a certain way. Does anybody else have any thoughts on this that they want to share? Like wanting to leave and a person just won't leave? What do you do? Another texter says, a friend of mine had an abusive boyfriend and we went through the same back and forth cycle of complaining, wanting to leave him, but going back because she thought he at least didn't cheat because she never caught him. She finally only left him when he was arrested for assaulting other women. So much for thinking somebody doesn't cheat or have interactions with other women just because you don't catch them. And there's a few things here for me. A a woman who, who says, or a guy who says, well, at least he doesn't cheat. So in other words, he's a, a jerk, but at least he doesn't cheat as if that's enough. It's like saying, well, yeah, he yells and screams and he's verbally abusive, but at least he doesn't hit me. When somebody says that, it's because they've already been in other patterns of abusive relationships and it's kind of the norm for them. And so they go with 
a kind of one one up better, you know. So okay, so this this person doesn't hit me. My last person hit me. This one only verbally abuses me, uh, so that's already better. So this must be good. But it, of course, it's not. It's just another form of uh, of abuse. And of course, the catching of a of a cheating spouse. Not everybody uh, gets caught. Studies show women are actually much better at hiding their infidelities. Uh, than men are and sometimes people are in a situation where they don't want to see it so they may have an inkling but they don't go looking or they don't want to dig or they don't want to admit it because they're in this avoidant pattern because they know that if they're faced with it then they're faced with a decision and, uh, and that's, they don't want to be in that position to, to face that decision. And that's very difficult for a lot of people. Wow. So the theme tonight is really, uh, some toxic relationships here. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship? What, what made it toxic, uh, to you toxic, meaning poisonous somehow to you. Sometimes relationships can feel like that, not just a little level of unhappiness, but huge, uh, where it, it, it kind of eats you up on the inside. And anybody who's been in one knows it's not nowhere near pleasant feeling. It's mostly unhappiness all the time or most of the time. Uh, all right, here's another one. My partner and I met about 10 months ago. We both admit it was meant to be, and we very much love each other. However, another, here's another unhealthy situation. I am constantly accused of cheating when I am not. It only happened once and I came clean about it. It's putting a terrible obstacle to our progress as a couple. Can you advise? Okay. You say you're always being accused of it, but you're not, except you also say it did happen once. So your partner has already felt betrayed. So she, I don't know if it's a she or a he, um, yeah, I can't tell if it's a same sex couple or not, but let's just, let's just assume it's a, a, a straight couple just for the ease of it. Uh, so you already cheated on her. And you've betrayed the trust already. Maybe it's not happening now, but it was happening. You have betrayed her. It's going to take time to rebuild trust. As clinicians, we tell our clients, and we know this, that after a betrayal, it can take up to two years to heal from a betrayal. So just because you came clean doesn't mean all is over and you've turned the page and never to look back and it's over. Sure. It's over for you, but your partner still has those, those betraying feel, those betrayed feelings inside and the trust has been broken. And to fix that, it, uh, it takes, uh, it takes time for that <laughs> sexist much. Why are you saying I'm sexist? I see that it's a guy who's writing to me, by the way. Um, so there you go. Um, so you're going to have to be patient. You have to rebuild your trust. You have to start with uh, complete transparency. You have to answer whatever question uh, she has or he has if you're uh, in a gay relationship. This is all part of it. 
You should also uh, look at couples counseling. It does help to have a third-party perspective to give you that much perspective and also give you the tools to handle the jealousy and the insecurity that all of this created. So I don't know if the, if there was insecurity before the cheating behavior or if the cheating behavior, if the insecurity came after, if it was before, then it's a different kind of problem. If it came after, then it's an issue of, uh, rebuilding the trust after an infidelity. I like this text that says, accusing me of being sexist. I get emails. I know who the emails come from. I'm just letting you know. All right. I see the name of the emails. I don't share the name. So it does come from a male. So keep the accusations uh, to yourself without knowing all the information, please. People just want to make assumptions. Judgy. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll talk about, uh, well, somebody sent in an email about bi curiosity something that uh, we can talk about. Is it bisexual or bi-curiosity? Sometimes people don't don't know where to situate themselves when they are attracted to multiple uh, genders, So, and it can create a lot of confusion. So we'll address that. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Before I get to the bi-curious or bisexual question that I got by email, uh, let me answer a couple texts here at 514-800. One says, uh, all I can say is once a cheater, always a cheater. See, I don't agree with that, that you're referring to the guy who... Uh, cheated once, uh, came clean, and then is developing a relationship and and what have you. I don't believe that statement is true. If a person has a history of cheating, so if, if they have cheated in every relationship and it's a pattern, then yes, I would say uh, one's past can certainly uh, predict uh, to some degree uh, one's future, in, in, especially in that kind of uh, behavior, but not always the case. Sometimes it you have to look at the context of where, the, where how, why, what the cheating uh, occurred. Um, so it goes beyond that. So it's, that's too much of a blanket statement that I just have, I've been able to see in my practice and working with people that that's not the case. Uh, another texter on uh, toxic relationships, verbal abuse and insults about appearance can sometimes be put aside when the person then tells you they love you to counteract their remarks. This is a big mistake and keeps an insecure person stuck in a toxic relationship. I think verbal abuse is a deal breaker and is reason enough to leave ASAP. What do you think of my opinion on this issue? Uh, listen, any kind of abuse, uh, to me requires, uh, intervention, either, uh, getting help together, which can be helpful or, um, setting your boundaries and not, uh, not taking this kind of abuse. The problem with, uh, it, and it's very true that let's say somebody is abusive to you and then they turn around and say, but I love you. But love is more than a feeling. Love is actions. It's very hard to feel loved when a partner abuses you. 
um, no matter how much they tell you they love you. And sometimes, sometimes it's, we stay in those situations because of our own past histories, whether we lived in abusive homes or we witnessed this kind of stuff at home so that it's, it's kind of our normal uh, and, and it requires thinking like you've got to take a step away from that a little bit, uh, and, and look in as if you're on the outside, uh, to see it. But yes, if you can leave a toxic relationship, uh, try and get the help you need in order to leave. And there are, you can get psychological counseling or therapy to, to help you, uh, make that move if need be. Or try and fix the relationship if possible, but the means that the partner has to take responsibility for their abusive behavior. They have to admit to it. They have to be able to call it what it is and then uh, work with it at that point. Uh, let's see. I had a girlfriend that cheated on me uh, with my best friend. My best friend actually had the nerve years later to try to be friends with me again. Are you insane? Yeah, that's pretty insane. Um, and that's a, to me, that's a double betrayal. When that kind of betrayal happens, uh, that's a, that's a double whammy right there. And wow, that erodes trust. Uh, let's see. To be fair, though, Lori, the gender apparently reflected within the email name doesn't necessarily have to correspond with that of the users. All right, all right. And even in the case where it may be, there's always the possibility that it's not necessarily them using it at that particular moment. It could be equally a friend. I can't start making those kinds of assumptions. I see the name. If I see the name John, I'm just going to assume it's John who's writing to me and that it's a man. That's it. If I, if it's an ambiguous name, then I, then I won't make the mistake, uh, or I'll try not to. So God, that's just too darn picky. Can't do that. All right. Here's a bit of a long one, but, uh, interesting, uh, email. And I want you to weigh in on this too. Give me some of your thoughts on this. I've been with hundreds of women since I was 15 when I was 14, I came for the first time with someone, but it was a man. I didn't think of having sex with men then, or even find a man sexually attractive. I woke up to him giving me oral sex. I didn't know what to do, but I knew it felt really good. I wasn't going to stop to stop him. I acted like I slept through the whole thing because I didn't know what to think because I wasn't expecting it at all. But at the same time, I wanted to do it again. And now I'm thinking about giving him oral sex. So the next weekend I went to his house and we had oral sex. I didn't like doing it to him, but I liked him doing it to me. We did it a few more times until I was 16 and we lost contact. I didn't want to have sex with a man except him until I was in my mid-30s. I got a craving to give a man oral sex. I did one time, but we were not in a good place to be doing it at. Ten years passed, and I haven't done it again. I want to give oral sex to a man, and for some reason, I think about it often and with a few different people. I got an 8-inch dildo, and I enjoy it all the way around. To hold it and do what I do with it turns me on. I role-play that I'm giving a blowjob to someone, and when I suck it, I get really hard. I don't know why I have the urge <clears throat> to 
suck a man off like a woman in pornos do. I don't know if I should act on it and I don't know how to go about it if I do. I'm confused because I think the past experience kind of left me hanging because I didn't get to do what what all I wanted to do the last time I tried it. I'm curious to see what it's like to make a man orgasm. Um, okay. I, I'm not sure. To me, this sounds uh, bisexual, like bicurious, I should say. It sounds to me like you are bicurious. What I do know is that many times our earliest sexual experiences that produced pleasure stick in our minds and often provide uh, fodder for arousal even years later. So I have a few questions. As for your bi-curiosity, are you opposed to experimenting with a man? Uh, you may find actually that the fantasy of it is m maybe even more arousing than the fact of it, the actuality of it, or you could find uh, the opposite. But nobody can tell you what to do in this situation. Only you can decide uh, whether you want to experiment. The other thing I want to share with you is that Exploring homosexual behavior in puberty is actually not uncommon. Now, I don't know the situation you were in. I don't know if it was somebody who was much older than you. If that was the case, it would have, that to me is an abusive situation. But let's just assume this was an age mate. I think I have to go back because it's a long email. I can't remember what you said about that. Um, but the experiences you have in puberty aren't necessarily an indicator of your sexual orientation. So like a sexual orientation, especially at that stage of growth can be quite, uh, quite fluid for some, not for some, it's, it's not fluid at all. It's quite black and white, straight or gay. And for others, it can be, um, more fluid, but certainly homosexual experimentation is common in childhood. And I would say that at the age of 14 is still childhood in my books. So, the other, on the other side though, even though you've had sex with hundreds of women, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are 100% heterosexual either. So how you identify who you're attracted to, who you have sex with and who you fall in love with are actually all factors that, uh, indicate our orientation. So all of these things determine our orientation, not simply uh, the fact that you want to or fantasize about having sex with someone of the same gender. So I hope that's kind of clear. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Last couple of minutes to get your questions, your thoughts, your comments in. You can text at 514-800. Of course, you know you can always call in, although I know people prefer to text, but that's okay. 514-790-0800. You can email me anytime as well, Lori at drlaurie.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E. George writes, go ahead and do whatever you want with whomever you want, as long as you're not cheating or if the person doesn't know about it. See, I don't, why couldn't you have just left it at <laughs> as long as you're not cheating? So if the person doesn't know about it, it's okay. Like where's the ethical line here? So does that mean that I can steal as long as I don't get caught? 
like there's got to be some personal ethical boundaries that you have. So anyway, no. Uh, in response to the bi-curious man, I find his fantasy arousing. It is possible to fall in love with one gender and be sexually interested in another. Yes, that's true. Some women in porn turn me on, yet when it comes to love, I have only been head over heels, obsession over, uh, men. It's, um... It's true, but this would put somebody on the scale more of uh, of bisexuality. But there's other other terms within the bisexuality. There's biromantic. There's uh, bisexual. So it's um, it gets a little bit complicated with all the different terminologies. And simply because now we know that sexuality and love is just not just not binary anymore. There's just so much variation when you actually talk to people and their experiences. And over the last few decades, more and more people have become, are becoming much more open to discussing their, uh, their sexual preferences or their sexuality with much less shame than ever before. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, George writes back, that stupid Siri, I meant as long as the person does know about it. Well, if you're cheating and the person knows about it, then you it wouldn't be cheating, it would be an open relationship. So that puts it in another category called consensual non-monogamy, where the two of you decide we're not going to be monogamous, we're only going to be monogamous romantically. So together, only you and I will be uh, will be partners in love, but in sex, we can be non-monogamous and that's fine. If you both are okay with that, if this is what you decide uh, and this is what you choose for the couple, then that, uh, then that can work, uh, for you. Even though I know many people who hear this say, no, 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 that can't work. But for those, for people who practice it, it does work or it seems to work doesn't mean it's, it doesn't have its own issues and issues can come up there too. All right. Last question. I had a girlfriend when I was 19, but never had sex. We were only together about two months because I have social anxiety and depression. I don't like bars, clubs, etc., especially crowds. I'm finding it very lonely as I don't have any friends who understand. I am now in my forties. My birthday's on Christmas day. So another quiet day. I enjoy chatting with people cooking, music, reading, etc. I'm the only one in the family who doesn't drink. I'm not an extrovert. How can I meet people who struggle meeting people? The undateables. That is my only problem. I get slightly embarrassed around the fairer sex. I do get very horny, so my only release is to masturbate two or three times um, a week. So, uh, having, uh, having social anxiety and, and being an introvert, of course, makes it challenging for meeting people and it does make it difficult when it comes to dating. The first thing though, you talk about having a depression, you need to deal with your depression. So how about we start with uh, medical intervention treatment or psychological, uh, treatment. So that would be a, a good place to start. Bars and clubs, a lot of people don't go to those anymore. So these days it seems easier to meet people online. So I would ask you, have you tried? Have you tried any dating apps? Have you tried uh, online dating? Sometimes communicating first by text or by writing 
and getting to know each other and even by phone makes it a, a better icebreaker, let's say, especially if you are um, an introvert. But but don't leave it at that. You know, often people will kind of stick to the online stuff and, and avoid the meeting in person and then develop all kinds of feelings and they don't really like if you've got to meet the person in in real life to be able to determine anything at least according to me uh another avenue you could do is get involved in your community find some group activity so that you're doing you're talking to people but while doing something else so it's not like the focus isn't on you or whatever uh you say you like reading so why not see, why not go to your um local library and see what programs there are. Maybe there's a book club you can join, something like that. You say you enjoy cooking, take a cooking course. There's actually activities called cooking dates now that are dating activities where uh, you meet other people who are also interested in cooking and there's a bunch of single single people and then it's part of like this the dating experience so you'll probably find that when you're engaged in an activity it's probably easier uh, to connect with other people who uh, who kind of like the same things that uh, that you do the other thing I would recommend too and I do recommend this to people who have uh, who maybe lack certain social skills or who uh, are not quite sure or who get flustered as to what to say, how to behave, etc., is connecting with a dating coach where you can learn uh, specific uh, social skills that make you maybe more, uh, dare I say, uh, more dateable. So uh, you, uh, like one of our dating coaches, helps a lot of men like this. Um, Frank Kermit is one of uh, is a dating coach that I would recommend. That's on the show every month, and this is exactly the kind of situation. Now, a dating coach is not going to help you through serious anxiety um, or uh, depression. You need to seek psychological counseling for that to get the tools to handle the anxiety, to handle the fears that you have and all of that. So a coach can help you develop social skills. A therapist can get to the underlying issues that are uh, causing the depression or at least can um, we'll be able to see and evaluate with you if you need medication for your anxiety or your, uh, or your depression. So that kind of stuff. I hope that was helpful. Uh, thank you everybody for sending in your questions, either by email or by text. Uh, thank you for spending uh, your time with me as well, because without you, well, wouldn't have a show now, would I? So thank you. And of course, I uh, can't forget our wonderful technical producer, Brian Kalisar, Master Control. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito, uh, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E-B-E-T-I-T-O. You can um, sign up. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which I'm going to be uploading uh, different interviews in the next little while, or uh, you can find out whatever else you need through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. Some lives.